What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Squire. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well, and we are officially now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. On this episode of the TSK show, Tyler and I open the show to take a step back from sports to share our thoughts on the awful tragedy that was the murder of Los Angeles rapper Nipsey Hussle. We are dedicating the entire episode uh, to the memory of Nipsey as he was someone who had a great impact on both Tyler and I. Uh, We also talk about the second weekend of March Madness as the Final Four is now set and Tyler's trip to Staples Center for a rare hockey game. (laughs) Uh, Also, some bad news coming out of the Alliance of American Football, and we discuss a few headlines from the NBA and Team USA Basketball. All right, let's start the show. few days suck yeah i've been pretty unreal just to kind of let it all sink in as far as um the nipsey hustle news a lot to take in a lot of feelings yeah Um, and uh as you guys uh as you guys can tell we started off the show uh, a little bit different uh, and we're going to end the show a little bit differently uh tyler and i both decided to pick uh a verse and a chorus from one of nipsey's songs uh to start and close the show out uh so uh we hope you uh, enjoy those choices. Uh, it's f- my choices from one of my favorite Nipsey songs called uh, "I Need That," uh, featuring Dom Kennedy. Uh, so uh, that'll be co- that'll be coming up. Uh, yep. If it hasn't already played in the beginning, we haven't decided who's going <laughs> at the beginning of the show or who's who's going yep. at the end. But yeah. that's my choice, uh, yeah, Tyler. And I I went with "Feeling Myself." Um, not necessarily my f- my favorite song of his. Not necessarily his best song, but. I don't know how many times I've gotten ready to that song. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's just, uh, you know, Nipsey Hussle made people feel good. And that, that song's a perfect example. Yeah. I mean, the one, the one thing about Nipsey Hussle was he touched everybody. It, it, he touched a lot more people than I think the general public realized. Yeah. Um, a lot of comments today, you know, a lot of people didn't really realize his impact on the community, his impact on, you know, music, his impact on business um, and just the culture in general. Um, he was big time. If you knew if you knew Nipsey, if you're a fan of Nipsey, 
um, you know the kind of guy he was, how smart he was, how good of a person he was, savvy businessman, great musician, uh, father, husband, you know, all that stuff. It's it's terrible. And, you know, one of the things I think is the worst part is is he was taken. It wasn't, you yeah. know, there. I don't know if there's ever been a musician lost that really felt this bad because, you know, so young. And it's like, you know, people, there's other, you know, people that have passed, but for the most part, you know, suicide and stuff is, is a different set. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a different set. And this kid, Nipsey was taken for no good reason. Absolutely. No, good um, reason. nobody gains from missing a guy like that. He put everything back into the community and, you know, he was a rapper second or third or fourth, you know, yeah. that was not, that was not who he, he wasn't just that a rapper. was that was how he got out of the hood and once he got out That's, he he used his platform no no for one so was much a, more than music no one was a fan of him just because of his music people were fans of the person he was yeah and how real he kept it and you know for me personally the thing i'll always take away from nipsey hustle is the the all money in no money out yep. um, attitude as far as you know trying to do well by, you know, your hometown, where you're from, um, you know, take care of the people that have been there uh, from day one. And that's definitely something I, I live by and, and Nipsey live by. And uh, yeah, man, it sucks. It's, yeah, it's tough to process. For, I mean, for me, I think it's just like, I just can't understand how someone could take a person like Nipsey yeah. And it's unfortunate that the great ones always, yeah. always somehow find a way to, to leave yeah. us too early. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, you hear this and it makes, you know, it, it makes you feel a little bit better. But it's like fucking God couldn't wait any longer. I mean, you know, God needed Nipsey. And, uh, you know, that's the only thing that really makes sense. You know what I'm saying? What's and crazy. It, what's it, crazy is is in his newest his newest song, Racks in the Middle. Uh, featuring Roddy Rich, and it was produced by Hit Boy. Uh, one of the one of the lines in the song, and he's actually talking about a friend of his. Mm -hmm. uh, he was like, uh, "How you die at thirty something after banging all them years?" Yeah, and it's yeah, you lived through all the crazy. He lived. He made it past the hard part. Exactly. Um, but he never left the life. He never left the area. And uh, but he did it on purpose because he wanted to better. He wanted to better the community. Exactly. And he did better the community. He wanted to progress it. He did progress it. Uh, he opened people's minds up to things that they could do. He was always on another level than everybody else. Yeah. Um, such a smart. And I mean, you could tell. I mean, geez, the guys on Instagram and Twitter, and it's like all these people. Everybody's favorite rapper posted something about Nipsey Hussle. Everybody, yeah. the people he met, the people he, you know, did business with, um, all of the most talented people in the world have mad respect for this kid. Yeah, I mean, I was I was lucky enough uh, to meet him literally March 9th. He, yeah, crazy. He, he was shot and killed on March 31st. Yeah. Uh, I was working an event for Real 92.3, uh, the hip-hop state, one of the hip-hop stations here in L.A. Uh, that I actually work for. And we did an event for Nipsey. It was an exclusive uh, collab with his marathon clothing line and a hat company. And they, they came together and made it a, a collab hat. And we were there for, for the drop uh, at his marathon store uh, on the corner of Crenshaw and Slauson, where he grew up, where he was hustling in front of the, the same storefront that he ended up buying and then ultimately he just recently purchased the entire little mini strip mall 
that mm-hmm. uh, his store resides in, and it was where he was shot and killed. And I was there three weeks ago, and I got the chance to meet Nipsey, and yeah. I was I was around him for maybe about two hours. And I've I've been following Nipsey since probably 2008, 2009. Yeah. Uh, I was probably eighth, ninth grade for me. Uh, it was when I first heard of Nipsey and started listening to his music. And I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of the general public, not really big hip hop heads like uh, me and you, me and you, uh, Tyler, didn't really realize he had such a big catalog of music yeah. that was out there before his uh, number, pe- his debut studio album, yeah. Victory Lap, which came out last year and ultimately got him his first Grammy nomination. But being there in in those like two hours that I was with him, I literally could see and tell and feel everything that I had ever heard about Nipsey and seen about Nipsey. Like he, he came over to our little pop-up tent, took a picture with the entire crew that I was with, shook my hand. Uh, I, I was wearing my brace cause I'm still recovering from my broken hand. He asked me like what happened to my hand, like how I was doing, how much longer I had to wear the brace for. Like he, he just is a genuine, genuine dude. Yep. And I was two years old when Tupac died in 96. And this, and this is what I imagine it felt like in LA when Tupac died. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, and that comparison is, is, is fine with me because, you know, of his impact on the culture and the hip hop community. But Nipsey Tupac was, was a little more popular, like mainstream. So people that weren't hip hop heads right. knew who Tupac was. But that doesn't really change the fact, the impact of the death um, and how it all went down. Yeah, um, is is what there. What's the same between you know Pac and, I've, and Nipsey? I don't think I've ever been affected like this yeah. from a celebrity death. Like I was genuinely, because yeah. it's genuinely just, hurt when it, I found this out. It, it reminds I, me of, you know, the the ways my mother would talk about Kurt Cobain. It just doesn't seem fair. It doesn't it's not right. It's frustrating. It's uh it's aggravating. It's sad. It's it's all sorts of shit. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. There's no there's no way to wrap your mind around something like this. It's just it's just sad. Yeah. Uh I si- I signed a petition online. There's a petition going around uh to change the name of the intersection of Crenshaw and Slauson to Nipsey Hussle Boulevard. Uh, I signed the petition online. Uh, I heard it was, they were, I heard uh, Hustle Avenue for um, Slauson. They were going to change Slauson to Hustle Avenue. Yeah, it's, that's basically what it what it would be. Yeah. Um, they, I've also seen some. I'm down. I'm also, I've also seen where they want to just change the intersection name to like Nipsey Hussle Square. Yeah, which they probably will. Yeah. There's um, going to be all sorts of stuff. I mean, he's going to get – he's going to – and this kind of stuff I go both ways on, whether I feel good or bad about it because, you know, him dying is not the way that this should have happened. But no, not at all. His All of his words, his interviews, his music, it's all going to be listened to even more now. And uh, the good thing is is that he spread a good word. That's the good thing. And he stayed, I mean, he stayed so consistent he will, with it. He'll continue to affect people, the marathon – uh, still goes on. Yeah, the marathon continues. The that marathon was, continues. That was his mantra. That was yeah. his 
his thing. That was it's just, that was it's what just he not lived the, by. It's just not the way it should have. It's not the way it needed to go down. Should have yeah. gone down. His album Victory Lap is now number one on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, the rest of his musical uh, music catalog is, I believe, within like the top fifteen this on, is on a, the charts. This is now. a big one. This is it, a big one. I mean, and he was taken. It's not a. It's not. You know, when Michael died, he was he was sick. He was old. He he it was, looked. It was frail. an overdose. Yeah. It was. He, well, it, but he and he was old. You know, not. And I'm not saying that like Nipsey's more sad than the other. I'm just saying. The no. effect, the why it's like trips me out is because Nipsey you know, was the, assassinated in cold blood, like broad yeah, daylight yeah. in front of you know of Matt, Mac Mac Mill, Mac Miller, you know overdose. It's it's a different like, it's a different death. It's it's uh you know it's sad, but the Nipsey thing just it's it's so impactful. It's crazy. And all all he want all he ever wanted to do when he got in the position that he got in was to do good and do good for the city, do good for his community and and just do good and do right by the people around him. It's definitely a great uh it's definitely a great wormhole to go down uh watching his interviews and watching him talk or yeah. listening to him talk. Yeah, and I mean, I've been banging nothing but Nipsey Nipsey music uh since it happened. I plan on doing that for the rest of the week at least, yeah. Yeah. if not longer. I mean, I've had a lot of interactions with people not realizing the effect, and so and, have I. Uh, and I've had a lot of interactions with people that do realize the effect, and it, it's two extreme, extremely different reactions, and uh, it just shows you the. He really, I mean, he really meant even more than I even realized, and I, mean, and I knew what he meant to the West Coast, to hip hop, and to like you know business. And all and all this and uh, you know owning all your shit, owning your rights. I knew he was big time, um, but it's like, man, this guy touched everybody. Dude, I mean, think about this: is he the game for the LAX album tour, his third album, brought Kendrick Lamar, Absol, Schoolboy Q, Nipsey Hussle, J Rock, all yeah. those guys yeah. on tour with him to be his openers. Yeah. And like that, that just shows you how long Nipsey's been in this music game and been trying to get to where he was yeah, it's like, at you and know, where he was going. His freshman double XL cover, which is like, you know, one of the bigger steps he took as far as national spotlight young. I mean, this is probably 2010. It was 2010. Uh, yeah, 2010. And it's like. He shares a cover with J. Cole and Wiz Khalifa. You and know Big I mean? Sean and J-Rock. They were on the other cover. But, yeah, but, I mean, the literal cover he's on, he's on there with J-Rock and Wiz Khalifa. J. Cole and Wiz Khalifa. Or J, yeah, J-Rock. J. Cole and Wiz Khalifa. I mean, and J. Cole is arguably the 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 best rapper in the game. Right now, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and Wiz has had his monstrous career. Uh, with hits after hits and and Nipsey's right there with those guys. Yeah, I mean, I, and those guys looked up to Nipsey. Yeah, you know I saw mean? it was it was not it was a mutual respect there. Dude, I saw Wiz Khalifa tweet like after it was announced that he passed away. Like, damn, like me, Currency, and Nipsey Hussle used to sleep on the couch together while we were coming up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's just got so many iconic moments well, to me. It's, and, it's crazy. And the thing about the thing about Nipsey and we can go back to the all money in, no money out is he owned all his masters. He owned all the rights to all his music. He did his music his way. He didn't ever make a radio single for yeah, the radio. He, he only he, he never did what was popular. He always just did what he wanted to do and he did it for the people around him. He made the shit 
Yeah. He made the shit that Crenshaw wanted to listen to. Yeah. And I mean, he. he and he told you what you wanted, it, what you needed to hear. Yeah. He he had an everlasting I- impact on on the city of Los Angeles, uh, specifically the area that he was from, Crenshaw and Sloss and South Central. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have a great story, actually. Now, I, you know, I can't believe go, go now, for that, it. now that you're saying this. It was this morning and it kind of just embodies what, what it was all about. But it's like I was driving through Beverly Hills this morning going to work. Uh, listening to him, but I put both my windows down. <laughs> That's what and, I've been doing every know, time I've set and, foot in the car. Uh, and I passed someone that was doing the same thing, and you know, and it was like, oh, I've heard Nipsey music throughout the city for the like, last two days. And it and it was like, and it and it was like a like a like a middle aged dude. And uh, you know, I'm a kid from Shelton, um, Shelton, Washington, uh, driving through Beverly Hills, and you know, Nipsey affected me and this guy next to me. You know what yeah. I mean? And he was clearly. You know, I heard it. I drove right past him. We're in, we're in Beverly fucking Hills. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's uh, that kind of, you know, the landscape in which, you know, he was accepted. Yeah. I mean, Nipsey, Nipsey's music got me got me through a lot uh, in in high school. I mean, be, being just his words and his music are so inspiring and so, so thoughtful. And, and it's raw, too. I yeah. Mean, it's just like it's shit it, that. It put me. It it would always put me in a zone to where I knew I needed to get stuff done to get to where I wanted to be. And Definitely. and all all you ever wanted to do was hustle and motivate. And that that's the name of one of his songs on on his album, his 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 debut studio album, uh, Victory Lap, that came out last year. Like after probably ten twelve years in the game, he had his debut studio album victory lap get nominated for a grammy mm-hmm. um and he was he was never one that cared about other people's ob- opinions he never needed that validation for himself but he said in in recent interviews after the grammy nomination it it still always felt good yeah he's, to a, get he's, that. A, he's a blueprint guy i mean he's a bl- he's he is a he is an example of how you can how you can be successful i mean that is there's there's not too many of those guys walking around i mean but that's who he was and and the the best part is is they they've caught the suspected killer and uh, i'm glad that his story won't end the same way so many other rappers and people that have had influence uh their stories have ended uh with not being able to find the killer not being able Mm -hmm. to bring that person to justice um yeah so yeah yeah it does you know it's it's good that you know it's good for justice it doesn't make people feel better but it's it's good that he was caught for sure yeah so uh i just want to say rest in peace to to nipsey hustle he was neighborhood nip yeah neighborhood nip he was he was a great he was one of the greats and and he'll be uh he'll be forever remembered for sure definitely so uh, all right let's let's switch gears now let's let's get into a happier mode (laughs) Because uh, at the end of the day, what I love about sports most is that it is an escape from reality. Once you start watching what happens in between those lines, uh, you you kind of forget about whatever else was going on with your day, and you you focus on on something that makes you happy, and that and that's sports. So uh, let's let's update everybody with what's going on in the TSK Show Bracket Challenge now. Obviously, this tournament has taken a wild turn. Yep, I've maxed out. I've got as many points as I'm going to have. As have I. 
uh, we are currently in a three-way tie for 27th as our brackets have taken a complete nosedive. It wasn't a very good tournament for me. I, no. did, I did good in the, the round of 32 in the Sweet 16, and outside of that, I did horrible. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have a single Final Four team correct. Not one. <laughs> which is crazy. But the number one person uh, leading the TSK Show Bracket Challenge right now, he has a max point value of 1580 uh he's currently at 940 that's david summerlin he's in first place he actually has michigan state as his champion there we go hey i ain't mad at it tom Izzo, i'll always take tom Izzo. he's the only one in the entire bracket that chose michigan state yeah that, which is which is pretty weird to me but the only reason it's not weird is because they were in duke's bracket so it's like everybody i i bet you I mean, <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking at his final four right now, and he has three out of the four correct. Yeah, I, I mean, I bet you it'd be a staggering amount of who who had Duke in the final four. I mean, there's probably only one or two people that didn't have them. Yeah. In the final four, so uh, that right there, I think, is going to seal the deal for him. Yeah, and well, speaking speaking of Duke, uh, they found themselves flying way too close to the sun so many times in this tournament. And they finally got burned by Tom Izzo and Michigan State. And I think it's awesome that Tom Izzo has made it to the Final Four after all the scrutiny he went through early on in the tournament uh, for the incident with freshman Aaron Henry. Aaron Henry's gone on to play pretty well, actually, for Michigan State. Of course. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, Michigan State is looking good going into the Final Four. Yeah, no – no one's surprised about this one other than the fact that they beat Duke. That's obviously surprising. But, I mean, in the sense of, like, a Final Four, like seeing Michigan State there, that's what they do. Yeah. I, I mean, think this is, like, his ninth Final Four. Yeah. And he's only won one, which is terrible. But uh, <laughs> this year could be it. I think I think he's definitely uh, going to get a shot. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to get a shot, too. Uh, I mean, Michigan State's, in my opinion, one of those blue blood programs. They are. They, well, Izzo is the the part of it you know what i mean i mean which he's been there for 20 years so exactly kind of turns there turns them into that but Izzo is always in my top five i mean I shit think. if if i was a recruit and michigan state was recruiting me they'd be pretty high on my list and tom Izzo to me is like one of the greatest uh names in college basketball um right now and arguably i mean outside of like only having one uh chip which kind of hurts him he's arguably the best tournament coach i've ever seen yeah just because of the he's consistent consistently in, in final fours i always pick them to to do to make well, a run yeah to make a run they always do um and he always does it you know you never they're never like the biggest news throughout the year i mean every now and then he has a team that's like really really good yeah but for the most part, they're always they're a developing team. He developed his team throughout the year. Yeah, he doesn't go after the one and done type guys. He goes after players that will will, will be a part of a program, will buy into a system, and he mm-hmm. isn't just coaching them as players on the floor. And Tom Izzo, you hear former players talk about yeah. uh, the relationship they have with him after they've left Michigan State. And I was listening. He was on CJ McCollum's podcast, uh, the pull the pull up podcast. And he was saying how Michigan State, he had like either the school or some donor like donate enough money to where they could build all the alumni their own separate locker room at the facility so that whenever they were in Michigan or whenever they wanted to come visit the campus uh, in the offseason or whenever they had time, they had a place to come work out. 
Yep. I mean, yeah, he's the man. Can't say anything bad about the guy. <laughs> so you were so intrigued by their initial matchup with New Mexico State and how great great of a game that was. Yeah. Auburn, the Auburn Tigers, man. Yeah. Bruce Pearl. They they're definitely like. I mean, I knowing Bruce Pearl, you know, I probably shouldn't have bet on him to be upset in the first round. I definitely would have never picked them to get this far. Uh, yeah, I mean they're a five seed, but it's this. Yeah, they're they're the surprise. I mean Texas Tech. I knew way more about Texas Tech than I did Auburn <laughs> coming into this tournament. Yeah, but um, they've made, they've made a run. I mean they've just they've uh, they've kind of been one of the hottest teams. I mean hanging ninety seven on North Carolina. I don't necessarily feel bad about uh, that loss as far as how we played seventy nine points by the Tar Heels for the most part is good enough to win yeah that and, usually could get the job done. and the last couple of minutes they're basically just wasting out the clock so you know they could easily you know in a closer game probably had more points but i mean once they were just shooting lights out and that they came out shooting lights out in that second half and once that kid made that bank three-pointer at the top of the key after um homeboy hit two in a row yeah so it was three threes in a row it's not nine point nine points unanswered right like that yeah, that's all. And the third that's one was a that's bank. really demoralizing. The third one was a bank. He wasn't a shooter. I knew it was over. I mean, and there was <laughs> probably twelve minutes left, but twelve. I mean, maybe more than that. But I just knew how that you know shots are falling for them, and this is just one of those games in North Carolina. You know, they can get a bucket every now and then, but it was too many droughts, too many mini runs. Um, they would have these 10, 12 point spurts just in a in the blink of an eye. Yeah, they they beat they beat North Carolina at North Carolina's game. Yeah. And it, it's unfortunate. Led by a five nine guy. Come on, <laughs> you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> it's it's unfortunate that one of one of their key players, Chuma Okiki, uh, tore his ACL. Yeah. Uh, he was able to to come out for the second half of their Elite Eight game uh, on a wheelchair. Yeah, I mean they lost him in that North Carolina game, and North Carolina still couldn't you know muster up the run. Yeah, and, uh, and they never even really got close. Honestly, I think the closest they got. Uh, I think the closest they got was, was like six. Six. yeah, I was gonna say like six. And I mean it really wasn't even. It was like a fucking miracle to get that close. Yeah, um, they want they they beat they beat UNC definitely fair and square. Um, but I think that they've run into their their last game. Yeah, I think season. I think so as well. Uh, now Tony Bennett, he obviously he's a great coach, great recruiter. He's he's been able to get the number yeah. one seed multiple three, times. Three in the coaches in this Final Four that I like know a ton about. I mean, I've been watching these guys forever. Yeah, uh, he was finally able to to make it to the Final Four with Virginia as the number one seed. They're the only number one seed to make it in the tournament, and they were probably everybody's first pick as the number one seed to be out of the tournament the quickest. Yeah. Uh, based off of all of their past success, mm-hmm. or not really success as a number one seed, but it's it's interesting to to see that. And now Texas Tech, they reach their first Final Four in school history. Texas Tech is on the verge of being a really really weird like college basketball story. Yeah, you know, because they got <laughs> they got a couple kids that can fucking play. It, and I mean, they can beat any of these teams that are left. Any of these three teams that are left, they can beat uh, in a one-game situation. But that's all they got to do. Yeah. And real quick, side note: Nipsey Hussle was at their Elite Eight game the night before he was killed. Yeah. Well, which is, yeah. Whew. He's always doing something big time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't think Texas Tech is going to win their Final Four matchup against I don't think Virginia so as well. just because I think that. Uh, 
they're a little bit younger. They're a little bit more inexperienced. Obviously, they haven't been there. Neither has Virginia. But I just feel like Virginia is the more, like, battle-tested team. Uh, they've been through the most. A lot of the guys lost that – were the, on the team that lost to a 16 seed. Yeah. Uh, and their coach, I'm such a big fan of, Tony Bennett. Uh, I think he's going to be able to pull out the victory against Texas Tech. And ultimately, I think this is his championship year. Well, they're – they're playing Auburn. Or, you know what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, the the final four matchups are the two-seed Michigan State versus the three-seed Texas Tech and the one-seed Virginia versus the five-seed Auburn. My prediction is for the final f- for the final national championship game is Michigan State versus Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we would agree on that. Yep. And I think most people, most people will, but uh, I mean, Auburn, Texas Tech would be crazy and it would be, it would shock the basketball world. Yeah. It'd, It'd be the first time yeah. in a long time, I think, that two like non blue blood schools. Yeah, no, there's no one really to root for there if you're like a hardcore college basketball fan. These yeah, are, these are uh, new new. These are football te- schools. Yeah, these are football schools, and uh, yeah, I mean, shit, Auburn's got the speed. You know, if Virginia doesn't get back on D, it could be over quick. Yeah, uh, but I think I think Virginia has the most talent left in the tournament as far as like the most. You know the best players, the best yeah. roster, the best coach, uh, or you know coaching. Yeah. So uh, I think Virginia's going to get it done this year. Finally, finally win it. They've been too dominant the last three. You four think Virginia's going to win it all? I think Virginia's going to win it all. Well, I'm glad I have Michigan State winning yep, it all. Then. Yep. I definitely won't be surprised if uh, Michigan State. I'll be surprised if uh, if Auburn or Texas Tech wins it, um, just because I'd I it would be crazy to see them win two more games, but. Uh, Michigan State, Virginia, they got to be the ones that everybody's expecting. Well, here's here's the reason why I think it would be good for Michigan State to win and Virginia to lose for two L.A. teams. If Michigan State wins the national championship, who's a famous alumni for Michigan State? Magic Johnson. Yes, and he needs all the good juju he can get going into this summer. Man, he's got plenty of good shit going on. Now, if Virginia loses... I think this could also benefit another L.A. team. If Tony Bennett loses in the national championship after making it to the Final Four for his first time, does he leave Virginia and come to UCLA? I don't think so. I think he's uh, – I was talking to somebody about this, but I was like, he reminds me of Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> and I think it's just because of the you know the area of the country, the big-time sports programs. Yeah. And this that, like – Clemson, Clemson football and Virginia basketball are not the first programs you think of. No. But in the last three years, four years, they are arguably the best programs in their sport. Yeah, the most consistent for sure. Now, Virginia had the ultimate fuck-up last year, so yeah. it derails it a little bit. But as far as the regular season goes, Virginia has just dominated the ACC, yeah. which is arguably the best conference in the country, in my opinion, it is the best uh, conference in the country. Um, I don't think he leaves. I think he's got a great home there. He's built that program. That program is his. And it's like if Virginia, you know, if Virginia in five years, if he stays, is all of a sudden in the mix of the best programs in in, in the country ever. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's true. I just – I think that might be just wishful thinking on my part. But whatever. Um I heard a name for UCLA, but I forgot. 
it was a big time name too. Well, it wasn't Cal Perry because he no. he turned down their offer and signed a lifetime deal with uh, Kentucky. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. What do you think about that Cal Perry lifetime contract? That's crazy. I mean, Kentucky was smart. Yeah, I think I think Cal Perry was smart. He's good. And, and listen, like, UCLA that's like getting a uh, what, what do you call when a teacher can't be fired? Ten, uh, tenure. Yeah, it's like getting tenure. I mean, he's set for life and. It's not like Kentucky's ever going to like fall off so bad that he's not going to be well, making especially money. with him there. Yeah. So um, and listen, and now UCLA, he's built a, now he's built a brand, you know. And UCLA tried their best to they gave him they offered him six years, forty eight million dollars. Like, yeah, that that's yeah, a lot of money. Now, now he's just uh, he's he's made for life. He's his his grandkids are made for life. You know, yeah. he's got he's got Nike. He's got Drake. He's got his his recruiting success success of the past yeah um and now he's got a program that's his like adolph rupp was arguably the greatest coach in basketball for a very very long time i mean uh, john wooden i think eventually took that you know yeah. that title and and still well, yeah you know, i mean but before john wooden was winning his championships adolph rupp was winning his championships yeah and so i think kyle Parry can has the potential and it's crazy that i would even say this but i think he has the potential to pass up rupp and be the guy that the greatest Kentucky th- guy, yeah, the greatest Kentucky guy of all time. Yeah, no, I mean it, it makes sense if and, if and he's going to be there for the long haul. And Kentucky to me is a top five program of all time. Yeah, um, and he could be the number one coach. He could be the John Wooden, the Coach K. Yeah, of that program. Yeah. So a few other things uh, from March Madness I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Do you think Carson Edwards from Purdue, the leading scorer per, uh, in points per game yeah. uh, in the tourney right now, was he the one player that everybody like talks about as the one player that has their d- draft stock no, rise the most? No, I don't think it is. Who do you think I, is then? I think it's the kid from Texas Tech, um, the freshman. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up his team because I should I should know his name. I'm just drawing a blank right now. <laughs> Because I'm, okay. I'm put on the spot. I didn't know this was coming up. Well, hey. Uh, I like to throw things, throw things at you. But, no, I, the only reason why is because, like, he's not a big dude, which I, yeah. think, which I think hurts. Like, and so his, his room for growth wasn't, like, as crazy. You know, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like – it's because of, like, who – like, his stature more. Like, he could only go bump up. So he's a guard. You know, this kid from Texas Tech is a is a is a athletic freak. Yeah. Uh, he was a McDonald's All American last year. Why can't I just find their roster? I don't know. I'm not using your computer. I just want to see. <laughs> uh, but either way, that's that's the kid that I think is uh he's got the most potential for growth. Um but per that kid definitely like I think he won himself a draft position if he was Owens. Uh, is Tariq Owens the freshman forward? Uh, Kyler Edwards, Deshaun, no, no not Corporeau. Um, oh no, he's a, no. He's I'll, a I'll I'll remember. Just I'll remember if I leave it alone. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, I mean I think the Purdue kid. He 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 played out. He balled out. He was the first player to win best player in the bracket and lose since Steph Curry. Yeah. Uh, which says a lot. He's obviously a shooter, which the NBA is always looking for. I just don't know his draft position before either. I don't know where he was at, if he was even on the draft board. He's for sure on the draft board now. I think he definitely will be a second round pick just off of the uh 
his performance at the tournament. But I don't even know if he planned on leaving school. You know what I yeah. mean? So uh, it's more, I guess, just the unknown of where he was before this started. Okay. Now, obviously, Duke, who everybody thought was going to win the, the national championship this year, uh, did not make it to the Final Four. They got bounced in the Elite Eight. And in my opinion, the NCAA does not deserve to have Zion in the Final Four because of how much money that he would have made the NCAA that he would not gotten a single cent of. What? Are, what that's are a pretty com. I think that's been a pretty common, uh, <laughs> common expression. It's a little harsh, I guess, but it, it, it's a little like, it's a little. I don't know. It's weird because you're kind of like wishing bad upon Duke. Uh, for I'm NCAA, not wishing which, bad upon which Duke. I'm down with. I'm down with uh, Duke not being in the Final Four for many reasons, uh, including not making money off of uh, Zion. But Zion's just been a special little like moment in college basketball. You know, he's definitely his own uh, his own entity. Never seen anything like it. I imagine it would have been like if LeBron went to played one and done. Yeah. Um, it probably would have been something like what Zion Probably did. pretty similar. Um, and he's already probably, you know, he's already probably a top 50 player in the world, uh, maybe even higher. I don't know. You know, he could be, <laughs> he could be, re- you know, he could be a top 20 player in the NBA next year. We don't know. Yeah. He's shown, he's shown that. Like, that's unreal things to say. We've I've never said that about a player in college. Like, not not Carmelo Anthony, not Kevin Durant, not, not Michael Beasley, not Derrick Rose, not Ant Davis. I've, not Boogie, not John Wall. Yeah, I never was like – I knew that they would be stars and where they were headed, but I never thought that, like, rookie year, you're, you're stud. You're ready to go. You're a piece. Like, yeah. it's like Kyrie, Katie, Zion. Like, like that is, like, you know – like that's a for sure thing, you know, that they're talking uh Zion as a major piece with those guys. Yeah, definitely. Um so yeah, he's I, I'm definitely happy that I, I'm not a fan of the NCAA, so I'm happy that they don't make money off of Zion. Uh I'm not a fan of Duke, so I'm happy they're not in the final <laughs> four. And I'm I'm glad that I can I refollowed Zion now. Oh, you unfollowed him while he was at Duke? I unfollowed him the day he committed. Oh my goodness. For you're so petty. For, oh fuck! You're not. I'm not following <laughs> a dookie. I mean, hey, uh, I didn't follow. I didn't follow LeBron James on social media until he came to the Lakers. Okay, well there you go. And, All right. and uh, he's he's now followed by me, uh, which is a big deal for Zion. Uh, Shout out Zion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited to see what happens next. Uh, so I guess all around, it's a great great deal. You think Zion will ever follow you back? No. All right. Well, hey, wishful thinking. Maybe. Uh, another note, though, from Zion, him and his teammate, R.J. Barrett, uh, they're the first freshman teammates since DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall made the AP All-American first team. That's a pretty cool accomplishment, uh, in my opinion. Uh, R.J. Barrett, arguably the number two pick, may, probably top three, him, Ja, uh, Ja Morant, and R.J. is yeah. m- my assumption at the top three. Yeah, I think that's basically a lock, uh, top three picks. And you uh, you can put Ja in rj in any order it just depends on which teams get the picks uh in my opinion yeah no i i mean that's a hit oh that's a you know that's a, this is a great top heavy draft you get the third pick you're getting a stud yeah i mean you know you're i think getting you, a, you know you're getting an rj barrett or a john moran at three that's pretty big time and i mean obviously there's talented guys after that i i mean i think if you get anything in like probably the top seven or eight you could possibly be getting a stud 
Yeah. I mean, and that's been the trend the last couple of years. It's it's yeah, he's, I mean Julius one and done. Julius Randle was the seventh pick in the draft. Well, and that was five years ago. That's I mean, what I'm that, saying. That's been a while. That's what I'm saying. But the last I mean, the last couple of years have been wild. Yeah. Very, very top heavy. Yeah. So uh at the at the end of the day. The kid I was thinking of was Jared Culver. Jared and Culver. He's a, and he's a sophomore. He is a stud though. But he is a stud. He <laughs> he is also uh he was like a he was a big time recruit. I think he's the the highest rated recruit on their team. Led the team in minutes, um, and he's 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 six seven, but he's a guard. Uh, so I knew he was like a lanky. He's a I, wing. I knew he was a lanky kid, but I thought he was a freshman. That's why I couldn't figure out who it was. So I finally found the pictures of everybody, so I could actually <laughs> see the dude's face. It's Jerry yeah. Culver. Um, but so yeah, so I mean, listen, March Madness is coming to an end. Uh, it's it's, yeah, it's, it's now I'm, April. I don't, I never really liked college basketball, so I'm just glad that Gonzaga and North Carolina didn't have to deal with all this bullshit. Yeah. Uh but so you have Virginia winning it all now. Yep. I have Michigan State winning it all. Let's uh may the best man win. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, we'll see if I even watch. <laughs> I'm so fucking pissed about this tournament. <laughs> Yeah, you. We. I mean, hey, we really had high hopes on North Carolina winning. No, all this it, well, year. And, and Gonzaga. I mean, I'm, I follow Gonzaga uh, just as closely, really. Yeah, Gonzaga is probably number three on the. Uh, you know, he's, they're probably number three on the list as far as like teams I follow. The you know the closest behind Duke and North Carolina. Yeah. So, all right. Now, this is a rarity here at the TSK show, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little hockey. Yeah, no, it was uh I went to a hockey game yes. recently last yeah. night. Yeah, so last night Tyler went to the LA Kings game and like we do yeah, Staples Center baby. Yeah, like we do whenever one of us or both of us go to a live sporting event, uh we kind of like to give the people a feel for is, for what was experienced. This is the second hockey game I've ever been to in your uh, life. In my life, NHL game or I mean second hockey game in general, but the only hockey I've ever seen is NHL hockey. Okay. Um, both times in L.A. Both times against Calgary. Um, shout out to my boy Ryan Walker for getting the ticks. He's a Calgary native. So oh. he is the kind of the gateway to the hockey world for me. Um, a- everything I know about hockey, I learned from him. Uh, but, yeah, the uh, it was awesome being in Staples Center. I love the stadium at a hockey game because – First of all, the temperature is amazing. It's I love freezing. I love I love cold being cold. Um, so you can wear a hoodie and jeans to the stadium and you're still a little chilly. Love that. Also, definitely like a drinking crowd. It's a party in oh, there. Oh yeah. It's not a it's not a you know, sit, like basketball and football, I it's almost too much to be there because I'd rather just watch the game. Uh hockey, baseball, I can enjoy myself a little more. It's more about being with the crowd and and interacting and getting into it and all that because I don't know the game quite as well. So um, all in all, it was fun. Calgary got uh, got off to a quick start, scored two goals like almost instantly. And oh, then, wow. Uh, never really looked back. I think the Kings tied it up 2-2 and then ended up losing 7-2. Yeah, I was going to say, I got, I got the alert saying the final was 7-2. I was seven like, oh, two. damn, so, Tyler was at an awful game. Well, it was cool, though, for a non-hockey fan, you want goals. Were there fights? No, but there was one that got close where I was really hoping it was going to go Damn down, uh, but it ended up not going down. I've only been at one hockey game where there was a fight. 
Yeah, I mean, I would have loved that for sure. But it was dope. I mean, I got to see nine goals. So it's like, yeah, that, hey, if if you know, if you're not a fan of the sport, at least you want to see his goals. You could have you could have went to a one zero game. Yeah, exactly. So I'm glad that that's that wasn't the case. And it's always fun to go into enemy territory. You know, I were you rooting for the Flames? Yeah, of course. Got to got to go with the Flames. Um, just because I'm with the 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 Calgary kid. That's uh, so funny. So yeah, I'm, you know, and it's funny to be in you know Staples Center. And Where be, were your guys' seats? Uh, we were like right on the like right on the top glass, like on the rim, so like up above, but like right on. Actually, it kind of fucked with me because it was like oh, su- yeah, like such a drop. I was like, I'm gonna fall over this fucking thing and die. Uh, were you guys all the way up at the top though? Yeah, yeah, like the three hundred. You were the three hundred rim that glass. Got it. And I I thought it would be a funny picture to take a picture of like my feet with the glass and be like, I got tickets on the glass tonight. <laughs> you know, uh, missed that opportunity. Uh, but next time, but no, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I mean, it, hockey's a great game to watch live. It's such a fast paced, violent game. <laughs> Sorry. I have to interrupt this hockey talk. So the, the thunder were playing the Lakers tonight and obviously the Lakers lost, mm-hmm. but Russell Westbrook became the first player in NBA history since Wilt Chamberlain to record a 20, 20 and 20 triple double. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, Russell just doing Ru- the damn thing. Russ keeps doing it. It's uh, we've become numb to it. I'm his triple double stuff it's, just doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing as LeBron's finals run and and Curry's three pointers. Yeah, uh, we we've just become we've just become numb to the greatness. We, yeah. it's not it's not exciting anymore because we've seen it. But it's like it's it's unreal. Yeah. All right. So back back to the hockey. Uh, if you have anything else you wanted to, to I mean, last I, I rocked a Charlie Conway jersey. I rocked yes. the Mighty Ducks. Hell yeah! The Mighty Ducks captain himself, uh, Charlie did you Conway see, jersey. Did you see Montrez? Did you see Montrez Harrell wearing the same jersey the night before at the Clippers game? That he, that's what he like rocked to the game. The one I have. Yes, <laughs> the same exact one. That's hilarious. I didn't see that. Yeah, no, no I thought it was. It got a ton of love in the hockey community because I, I was a new. I was neutral. You know what I mean? I was I was in Kings. I was in Flames. Uh, I was a neutral fan. You, anyone felt safe complimenting the jurors and uh, Mighty Ducks, one of the best sports movies ever. So it was quack a, quack quack. Yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a fun time. Yeah. So all right, now we've somewhat covered the Alliance of American Football. We kind of just covered the start of it, uh, the start of their season, and kind of what that reception was like. Yep. I basically I watched the quarterback or not watched, but I read up on the quarterback draft, and then I was basically un in, in, uninterested after that. <laughs> yeah, and I never I never really got into it, but I mean, now there are reports that the Alliance of American Football is suspending all of football operations after just fifty two days and seven games of what was supposed to be a ten game regular season. Uh, this is going to be an estimated seventy million dollar loss. I don't understand for those how, involved. It can, how it can be. <laughs> how, why would you shut it down? You know, how could it be any worse? Like, how does it cost you more money? It's losing money. That's, it's yeah. just as simple as that. Their yeah. tickets aren't selling. Yeah. The the ratings aren't creating the revenue. But it's like you got to pay. You got to pay your team, right? No well, what? the the players were signed. All the players throughout the the AAF were signed to a three-year non-guaranteed contract. And I believe uh, the way it broke down was in the first year, they got paid like 70. 
thousand dollars the second year it was eighty thousand dollars and then the third year it jumped to a hundred thousand dollars but if you remember after the first week of the season it uh it was announced that the league was struggling and carolina hurricanes owner tom dundon pledged a 250 million dollar investment into the league to basically save it uh and he essentially became the league owner now, also, there have been recent reports that the league decided to move the championship game from Vegas. They were going to have it where UNLV plays their football games. Uh, they're moving it to a smaller venue in San Antonio because I'm assuming, obviously, ticket sales weren't as high as they thought it was going to be. And there's perception now inside the AAF that Dundon, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, only pledged the $250 million to get his hands on this gambling app that people at the AAF were developing uh, for the AAF and for sports gambling because it's now legalized. Uh, so basically, he just wanted his hands on that technology. Uh, and now that he has that technology and the league is obviously failing, he can get rid of the league and it's, quote, one rather large headache he can get rid of. That is fucking big-time business. Big time. But, I mean, app, apps and software and stuff like that are worth billions. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it makes sense business-wise if you got the money to do it. Yeah. And Johnny Manziel had recently joined the league, uh, and he tweeted after the initial reports of uh, the league suspending football operations. He, he tweeted out, Quote, if you're an AAF player and the league does dissolve, the last check you got will be the last one that you get. No lawsuit or anything else will get you your bread. Save your money and keep your head up. It's the only choice at this point unless something drastic happens. Just the reality of this unfortunate situation. Great concept, good football on the field, and fun for the fans to watch. Just not enough money to go around, which has been the main problem with, quote, other leagues. Uh, for a long time, that was that was jo that was Johnny Manziel's quote. Basically, talking as the spokesman of the league, it sounds like. Well, I mean, he was the most notable guy I knew of, besides a couple of people that I know. Yeah, uh, from the Valley that yeah. played high school football in the Valley that I knew of. Yeah. Uh, that that made it into the AAF, but he was he was the biggest name I had heard of. No, he was definitely their kind of poster child, which kind of <laughs> kind of says where you're going as the league in yeah. general, but. Uh, yeah, it is. It is unfortunate that it went down like that. But I mean, he's right. I agree with that quote 100 percent. But hey, guess what? We got the XFL coming next year. Let's see if that works out. Yeah, the XFL, man. <laughs> the, it's it's almost like they should try and like they got to get a couple good players and then just get like Joe's, you know, like these t the guys that are dumb enough to like take the you know take the violence well i don't think no the xfl it. isn't going to be like how it was no but but i'm just saying in general football uh, like yeah. being a, an adult and and playing football like it, unless you're you you have to already be rich to want to do it yeah you know what i mean because why would you like risk so much injury and time and all that to do something that's not like your main like income or your main you know way of life like it would just be a weird weird thing to do so it's almost like they should go get dudes that like didn't play in the NFL, you know, yeah. like get these guys that think that they can play and just light them up. Yeah. So, well, the AAF was uh, a failed experiment 
And so from one fit. We'll see what that app looks like, though. It might not be <laughs> That'd be bad. crazy. That gambling app might be dope. Uh, but from one failed experience, uh, or one failed experiment, excuse me, uh, to another somewhat of a failed experiment, Sonny Vaccaro, uh, the longtime shoe marketing executive, he was with Nike when they gave Kobe his contract, when they gave Michael Jordan his contract, when they gave LeBron his contract. There was like an ESPN documentary or something. All about him. Yeah, yeah the 30 right? for 30 was yeah. all about Sonny Vaccaro. Yeah. Um, he was recently talking about Zion and his uh, shoe war that is about to, about to take place over the next few months as he gets ready for the draft. Yeah. But one of the other things was brought up uh, in the interview was his opinion on what's going on with Big Baller Brand. And he had a quote that I thought was very interesting and actually pretty supportive of Big Baller Brand. He said, quote, the ball thing wasn't wrong. It was so horribly wrong. What the ball family had in mind was brilliant. How the ball family handled it was the dumbest handling of a brilliant idea I've ever seen in my life. I feel bad for all concerned because now it'll look like a failure, but it wasn't as an idea. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I'm not. I wouldn't be as harsh about it as yeah. like how they handled it because, I mean, he's coming from the the a different perspective than everybody else in the world, just because he's had so much success in this lane. So obviously, he's gonna think that they were idiots. But he's an expert on this. He would. They, they were, like, I I agree with like the idea was it was great. And when we talked about it before, I said there was it's like it was a failed experience as a as a whole. But it also had a lot of good pieces in it that you can take away from it. The branding of a high school player, yeah. you know, the family thing, um, all this, like speaking it into existence, promoting yourself as a Lamelo in his journey um, and what he's doing. It, uh, you know, it's there were some good things about it all. Um, but yeah, there were a couple. I think there were a couple big decisions away. Yeah, you know, from really having something crazy, something yeah. really special. I mean, the fir the first part, the first part of uh, Sonny Vaccaro's quote, the ball thing wasn't wrong; it was just so horribly run. Yeah, exactly. I think you know, the the you know trying to get the Kardashian aspect of the you know the reality show, um, all of that, their own league, all of that stuff. I think they were they were right on the cusp, but it's like. You know, the league turned into more of like a tra like a U.S. a young USA team playing overseas. That like that's an idea that kind of matured and became something better than originally was. Hundred like percent. The the JBA is was not as beneficial, I think, as the the JBA All Stars yeah, going on a world, world tour. tour. Yeah, that was. I think that's super beneficial for those kids because at least they're getting exposure to the rest of the world where they can get a contract right. and play overseas. Right. Because most of them probably weren't NBA players. And most uh, of those most of those international scouts weren't going to JBA games, but the JBA went to them. Exactly. So I thought, you know, and there's a lot of other things that I think that went well, you know, um, but they had a snake in the grass. Yes, they um, did. It went bad for them. They made some – LeVar definitely, like – talk too much you know what yeah. i mean no one i've never said that he doesn't talk too much i just always supported him because i thought his overall vision goals and you know his all like, he wanted was the best for his kids yeah he and yeah and his and his that's morals, all he ever wanted i think he, everything was you know his his moral compass was was right on 
just uh, the way he went about it. Some yeah. things could and, be called and, into question. And, and he got into, you know, he got into a lane, stay in your lane. He yeah. got into a lane that wasn't, he wasn't, had been a part of before. And, and he's learned now. Yeah. And I'm sure he's smarter for it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's who, just doesn't, unfor- who doesn't learn pro- from failed experiences? Yeah, unfortunately, they probably missed their window, but, you know. Going back to, going back to uh, the Russ thing. Uh, he yelled. Apparently, that's for Nipsey. Yeah, I'm sure he. I'm sure he went for it. Yeah. Uh, all right. A few other uh, headlines, but before we get into NBA talk, uh, let's talk about the FIBA World Cup and Team USA because there's a lot of stuff going on uh, as Team USA gets ready for the FIBA World Cup this upcoming summer in China. Uh, it was announced that LeBron is completely ruling out the FIBA World Cup. Obviously, he was shut down for the rest of the season by the Lakers already with, I think, like five or six games left in the season. Um, So for obvious reasons, he's not going to be competing in the FIBA World Cup this summer. But next summer in 2020 is the Olympics in Tokyo, Japan. And it's being said that he hasn't completely ruled out playing in 2020. Now, Greg Popovich is the head coach of Team USA, and LeBron's love for Pop is very well documented, so we could see him play for Team USA again. I think he plays again. Yeah, I mean, why not be yeah. go out? Well, I guess he wouldn't be going out because he's still got one more year on his, his Laker deal, but why not compete in one more Olympics for LeBron if he's able to? Yeah, I think, I think he will. Uh, some other rumors that are swirling around uh, Team USA, uh, and I think this is great. It has benefited so many players in the past. Uh, but Team USA might extend an invitation to none other than Zion Williamson uh, for a spot on the team going to China this summer for the World Cup. Obviously, in the past, we've seen young draft prospects get put on uh, the Team U- Team USA as like kind of like the last guy on the on the roster. Christian Leitner was a was the last addition to the Dream Team. Uh, Anthony Davis was on the 2012 team. Uh, before he even played a second in the NBA. So I think this is the right move for Zion to accept this Team USA role uh, and learn from all of the pros he's going to be around over the summer. I think that could be some of the best learning uh, learning on the job that Zion could get uh, and utilize for the rest of his career. Yeah, definitely. I agree. He definitely should take that invite, and he's going to make the team. They'll, def- yeah. they'll definitely put him on the team over, you know, over guys like Chris Middleton and Harrison Barnes and like, you know, these guys that are solid veteran players that can do a lot of good for a team and, and probably more reliable than a, an 18 year old kid. But just for all the reasons you just said, you know, to get that exposure and all that, I think, and for the NBA, I think this is, this is a guy that they might, they might be the face of the league someday. So they're really going to try and. He might be the face of the league, like within the next three, three to five years. Bring him along, uh, bring him along safely and slowly. Yeah. So, all right. The NBA playoffs are quickly, quickly upon us. There's what? Okay. There's been seventy-eight. Like five, six games. There's four games left. The the Bucks have played uh, seventy-eight games. So there's four games left in the season. And for the past few years, I feel like the East playoff picture usually gets locked up uh, a couple weeks, if not a couple games, uh, before the playoffs start. 
and the West usually goes down to about the last day of the season. And it, this season, it seemed to have kind of flip-flopped. The West playoff picture is completely locked up already. One through eight is solid. Uh, but the East, the six through eight spots, uh, they're still very much up for grabs. The three teams in... Well, and, and there's five There's five teams fighting for three spots. Yeah, so there's five teams fighting for three spots. Six through eight right now is Detroit at six, Brooklyn at seven, Miami at eight. They're all within like three games of each other. And... Uh, I hope so badly that the net that the nets proved me right like Den- like denver did last year and just missed the playoffs oh excuse me they're all within a game of each other yeah i think the i think charlotte's out um they're mathematically in because if they went out they could win as many games as but the they, teams need, that, they need people to lose. they need people to lose exactly and then orlando orlando miami brooklyn and, and detroit are all within a game right so it's definitely those four teams for three spots in my opinion um orlando's the team on the outside looking in right now which is probably the team that most people think won't make it but they are the hottest team of all they have the best um last 10 games yeah uh, stretch seven and three over the last 10 they're definitely pushing hard i think miami and detroit are are the safe bets um i'm looking for brooklyn to slide out of there i really hope that Dwayne Wade gets to play in the playoffs one last time i think Dwayne wade's going to the playoffs definitely i think they're gonna i think the they're veteran teams, uh, just like Detroit. I think that's why I think Miami and Detroit will make the push because they're a more veteran-based team than Brooklyn and Orlando. Yeah. Now, in the West, like I said, it's all it's all locked up. Uh, now the only – Positioning. Really the only thing is positioning. Yeah, and it's really only on the back end. I think the top four are going to be going to be locked away. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, so uh, five through eight in the west are all within three games of each other um so i mean right now the most intriguing playoff matchups to me uh in the west are the two seven matchup with denver and san antonio because i think san antonio will win that and then the three six matchup between portland and the clippers with portland portland's praying they get the clippers well I think the Clippers are the only team that that uh, Portland's beaten in the first round. Same, but same same goes with Denver. I think Denver and Portland are are both wishing or hoping that the Clippers are the team they play. I don't want to play San Antonio or OKC if I'm Need, Denver no. or Portland. Gosh, no. I don't think, and I've said this, you know, all season. I mean, I'm not the biggest Nuggets fan, but. I've been saying this of late that I don't think Denver's going to win a playoff series. I don't think so either. Um, and right now, the matchup with San Antonio, they definitely don't want that. Oklahoma City, I think, will have enough firepower to get it done. Uh, but if they get the Clippers, I think the Nuggets can beat the Clippers. Well, but and then Portland, I think, is for sure a first round out um, with all their injuries. That yeah, suffered. that's that that three six matchup right now would be Portland and the Clippers, yeah. and with with Portland losing Nurk for the rest of the year. Uh, CJ McCollum, his knee is busted, uh, so he, he he will be back for the playoffs most likely. But who knows what type of player he will be? It'd and, be great if and the, the clip shows stole the five seed. That'd be the that would be the best. Um, that'd be crazy. Yeah, I, and they could. I mean, they're right there. They're 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 in position to do it. Yeah. Well, did you see what Doc did when the playoffs were clinched for the Clippers? No. They popped champagne in the locker room. 
Yeah, because uh, no, don't give them credit for no, that. No, for sure, giving them credit. No, hell, got to give them credit. Champagne is reserved for championships. You're in just basketball. because you're not a Clipper fan doesn't mean you can't give the people credit for doing something incredible. No, I can give them. Credit. They were predicted to win 33 games That's by fine. ESPN. And who else do they name? That's uh, fine. Stephen A. Smith. That's fine. Max, uh, 33 games. They win 47 games. That's fine. Okay, so. All the these credit are, to you. And this is a group of people that were basically, like, outcasted. I mean, these are the Island of Misfit toys here. Uh, they weren't supposed to do anything, and they made the playoffs in your Western Conference that you hold so highly. Uh, they ran the gauntlet. They did the damn thing. Not only in the playoffs, they're in the sixth seed right now, two games above San Antonio and Oklahoma City. Uh, they have every right to celebrate. Their season is a success. Yes. It is the same success as uh, a championship aspiration, oh. winning a championship. It is the same because that their goals um, were probably to make the playoffs. That is their 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 potential, and they reached their full potential. I think that they became the best basketball team that they possibly could, and uh, they did. They did things that a lot of you know. Minnesota's got a lot of talent. Los Angeles has got a lot of talent. New Orleans has got one of the best players in the world. Uh, you know, they beat teams that uh, should have been there over them. I mean, if they're we're, and, gonna, and, we're just gonna have to agree to disagree. Well, plus on this. it's just like you know, if you're popping, if, if you're popping, I'm sure there's other teams that are celebrating clinching the playoffs yes you can celebrate clinching the playoffs and but i also not with and let's also not forget this when after six years of not making the playoffs the lakers finally make the playoffs they are going to celebrate it is going to be a big deal in the regular season to play, clinch the playoffs that's fine they will celebrate but they won't pop champagne maybe maybe they do maybe they don't i know we'll for see. a fact the lakers will not pop champagne when you don't they make it back fact. to the playoffs you don't this is lebron's Lakers now. This is not the Lakers. This, I will, is not, this is not Kobe's Lakers. I will be so disappointed in the Lakers if they pop champagne for making the fucking playoffs. I think you need to prepare to be uh, disappointed. And I, I'm going to give the Clippers an extra shout out. Uh, God damn it. For popping that champagne because it's good for them. No. They were hated on. And they said, champagne they said is for fuck champions. you to the haters. Champagne um, is for champions. Everybody stepped up and played big time on that team. Yeah, they played big time and made it to the playoffs, but and 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 the day's not over. I mean, they I they they can still they I can still progress if they play the fucking Trailblazers. I mean, this could be the greatest Clipper team of all time if they get into the second round. They, have they ever been to the Western Conference Finals? No, they've never okay, been to the Western so Conference if they, Finals. It could, okay, so Clippers beat the beat the Trailblazers in the first round. All of a sudden, they're in the second round. Anything can happen. They're not an injury away from from winning two. You know that's that's how that's how quickly it can go. I mean the Clippers can play. They got they got some. Lou Will's a killer. Yeah, Lou Gallo, Will is Gallo a killer. can play. Montrez is probably top five of the most improved player in the league. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna let you hate on the Clippers today. <laughs> I'm good hate, for you, Clip Show. I'm hating. Good for you, Clipper. You know, it's always been a Clipper fan. No, I, you I, haven't. I, I love the Lakers, but. Oh man, the early two thousands they were too they were too fun not to like. The D Miles, uh yeah, they Corey were, McGetty. They were fun to watch, but I'm not rooting for them. Well, I mean, I was living I wasn't living in LA when no. the Clippers were around. I it's liked, different for you. And and honestly, I've liked the now that I think about it, I've liked the Clippers longer than I've liked the Lakers. It's I just like the shame. Lakers more. It's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. You can't hate on the little bro, man. 
That's always fun hating on your little brother, though. You know how that is. I have nah, a little sister. No, no, no. Not not this little bro. <laughs> All right. Well, again, uh, we're going to close the show out by saying rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. Yeah, uh, man. We're going to see a lot of it. I'm excited to uh, to see all the good that's going to come out of this horrible situation. Yeah. You know, to end it on a lighter note, he 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 uh, he shined bright and he brought a, he's brought a lot of the ener- his energy is alive in a lot of people and I think a lot of people are gonna you know you're gonna see a lot of murals, a lot of tributes, yep, a lot of cool stuff is uh, you know there's gonna be some good music, um, a lot of cool stuff is gonna come out of this horrible situation and uh, the world was definitely a better place. Yeah. He was a, he was a legend. He's one of the greats. Uh, he was someone who, once he got to the position, to to where he could, he only wanted to do good and give back to the city where he came from. It didn't matter where you were from, what set, what neighborhood, what block uh, you were from. It didn't matter if you were white, black, or brown. Nipsey Hussle touched everybody, uh, and he will be deeply, deeply missed by not only the the city of Los Angeles. Uh, but the hip-hop community and, and the world. So with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at The Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well. We are now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK Show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hustle, and enjoy this Nipsey Hustle music as we, we take you out. Yes, peace. My seat back. Get your bitch, my nigga. Before I get your bitch. Uh, my top off, my seat back. Your bitch is in my ear saying she need that. I'm ballin'. She see that and she tell us both she love us. Only one of us believe that. My top off, my seat back. Your bitch is in my ear saying she need that. I'm ballin'. She see that and she tell us both she love us. Only one of us believe that. Listen, no cush. Just a gang of folders, me, my laptop, and my notebook. Call that my triangle offense. That's all I need to keep bringing this dough in. Yes, I'm banging and I'm boasting. It's a fact. I'm the dopest. If you don't believe, I got some things I want to show you. I get 10,000 to show, but don't know record label on them. Now, check out my sleeve. I make your leather strap look bogus. Double quick, oyster perpetual. Presidential Rolex, uh, I'm on it. Early in the morning, shout out my nigga Dami from that west side, keep it rolling now. I can sell our shows from New York back to California. Still pull up with my jewelry, dink apart to Jesse Owens. Whoa, stop it. We live it, so we talk it. Had it way before this rap, so I get paid and don't go shopping. Profit, we flip it, y'all just blow it. Call me Young Nip Puzzle, aka I'm focused. My top off, my seat back. Yo, bitches in my ear saying she needs. Only one of us believe